Disappointing result on Wednesday for Tulsa Roughneck fans. Both Orange County getting the win and dropping a heartbreaker in Phoenix. We'll talk about that, get into the details of both those matches. Also, big setup for Tulsa Roughnecks on Saturday as they host Seattle Sounders 2. We'll break into some of that, talk about the math. What does Tulsa have to do to get into the playoffs? Also, before that match even starts, we have this CONCACAF qualification. I have Ephraim Alajaji coming on, AO Tulsa president. We're going to talk some soccer, United States men's national team style. So hold on to your hats. It's, start, it's starting to get dark outside. Rain's coming down. Got to get the blankets, the pillows, because it's another episode of the Tornado Alley Soccer Podcast. All right. Thank you so much for joining me on the Tornado Alley Soccer Podcast. Your host, Roger Graham. We have an exciting episode for you. That's right. Two episodes this week because I love you. And we have so much soccer to talk about. I couldn't fit it in one episode. It's a good time, great time of year right now on the podcast. And if you are a soccer fan, either Roughnecks, National Team, uh, gosh, so much going on, MLS, UPL, NPL, RPL. I don't know. I'm just making things up, but lots of soccer. Everyone's playing right now. Good time, great time of year. Uh, yeah, we have, uh, we'll have Ephraim Alajaje on. He will be coming on Toxum National Team and get his – pick his brain on the on the lineup and the call-up list and and get an idea of what he's expecting for the next couple of matches. But first, we are going to jump in and talk a little bit of Tulsa Roughneck soccer. Man, what a match the other night. What an emotional roller coaster of a match. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, it was, if you love goals, that first half had them. In rapid fire, I I don't think I've seen anything like that since I've been following the Roughnecks. Were just a goal, another goal, another. Oh gosh, hey, don't look down. You got, oh, there's six goals, and it's been 25 minutes have gone by. It was something to behold. If you're a defensive guy, you probably hated it. Um, it was not a uh, it was not a pitcher's duel, not in the least bit. If you're a goalkeeper of either side, it was a tough night. Very tough night, but we'll go into the details here. Uh, really, it all started in earnest in the uh, in the twelfth minute, I believe, if I have that correct. Uh, Tulsa Roughnecks gets on the Tulsa Roughnecks get on the board with uh, Joaquin Rivas had a nice little shot outside the box, just just inside the box, a little assist from Joy Kleistri. put Tulsa up one nil. Twelfth minute, two minutes later, maybe the goal of the night. Juan Pablo Caffa, JPC, the Valadeste, comes in and, you know, Joey passes off and he comes up and he's outside the box and he lets it go with that left foot. Upper 90, right-hand side of the box, right-hand side of the goal. I mean, that thing had eyeballs on it. That ball did, and it, I mean, just rattled the net. Great goal from JPC. Putting Tulsa in the 14th minute, 2-0. So if you were like me and probably most Roughneck fans, you're probably throwing the beers. Oh, gosh, we're get, we're making the playoffs. We're going to beat Arizona United – or, well, not Arizona United. Phoenix Rising it is 2-0. Great scoreline. We don't need Sacramento to help us out. We've got this, baby. We're looking good. 
And then all of a sudden, Didier Drogba. He comes up, and just as quick as I was celebrating those two goals, he runs passes two minutes later in the 16th, puts Arizona, puts Phoenix on the board. I keep saying Arizona United. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Phoenix rising. Sorry. Meant to say that. Phoenix, Phoenix, Phoenix. Goes up. So they're within a goal. I thought, okay, that's just DDA Drogba doing DDA Drogba stuff, right? But slips one past uh, Serta. It was all off of a rebound. Uh, Jason Johnson, holy cow, that guy was all over the field that night. He comes up, shoots it, and, and Serta had made a great, great save there. Ball bounces off. Ball gets possessed back with Phoenix, and then DDA Drogba puts one past Fabian Serta, 2-1 on the goal. And then they're thinking, okay, well, that was interesting, and I didn't like how quick they scored, but uh, okay, it's 2-1. We're still up. Three minutes later, Jason Johnson has a I mean, point-blank shot. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, it even hit Serta. I mean, he put, he put you know, put skin on it, and, and the ball was it was hit very well, very hard by Jason Johnson, who is a very fast forward playing up top there uh, alongside or playing up top just ahead of uh, Didi Drogba. I didn't realize he was that quick, but gosh, we had a hard time keeping him contained. And he gets one in. Dia with both, uh, had both assists on Didi Drogba's goal and with the goal in the 19th minute with Jace Johnson. So now we're 2-2. Celebration started quelling a little bit, like, ooh, well, uh, ooh, man, that was fast. They scored quickly. I didn't like that. Well, doesn't get much better. This was a little bit of a week. I don't know. I don't know what I, how I feel about this. But uh, really, the, I think it was Johnson was up there and, and got into the box. Maybe it was uh, uh, Dia. I can't remember who it was exactly. I'm going off rogue memory here. But ball goes in, and it looked like maybe Jadama bumped him in the box. He, he took a fall. He, took a, he, he fell pretty easily. Anyway, gave him the penalty. I mean, he there was contact. I don't know if it was enough to knock him down, but it doesn't matter. He got the PK there. Didier Drogba, yeah, he's going to bury that. So it's now 3-2, Phoenix rising. All of a sudden, you know, the beer starting to get, you know, starting to dry on the TV screen. Uh, it doesn't taste as good anymore, you know. It's just things aren't looking good all of a sudden. And at the same time, Sacramento and Orange County are kicking off, and I believe Orange County took the lead about this time. Pets' heads are falling off. Yeah, nothing's going the rough next way at the moment. Christian Tierjung comes to the rescue. Ball played in, a really good play by Kalistri uh, to get around his defenders, kicks it back to the middle. Christian Tierjung with the, with the goal there right in front of the net. We're tied again, folks. We've got a tied game. And I think about the same time, maybe right around halftime. So we go into halftime, 3-3 tie. Sammy Ochoa in Sacramento just scored. It is 1-1 match in Orange County. At this point, the Roughnecks would have qualified off of Sammy Ochoa scoring a goal for, or, for uh, Sacramento Republic. In fact, I even tweeted about it. I said, hey, Samuel Choi just may have 
secured Tulsa a playoff position. So in the 66th minute, Jason Johnson, name that we've become a little familiar with now, puts one past. I, this is one of the weirdest goals I've ever seen. I I don't know how it happened. I, the replay was a little bit funky. Uh, I couldn't exactly see how this happened, but he's almost even with the goal. And he's about the edge of the box, and he fires it toward the goal. I, I don't know if he's trying to fire it, you know, to get the assist, but the ball stayed on pretty much just right ahead of the line. And I don't know if it hit, stirred it on the leg and went in or if it was headed in and, and it went between his legs. I, I couldn't tell you exactly how this happened. But anyway, the goal, Johnson gets the goal. It is 4-3 Phoenix. And oh, about this same time, Orange County. Uh, well, actually, no, they scored after the match. So, so it's 4-3. Game still tied over in Orange County, 1-1. That would have not been enough for uh, Tulsa to qualify at that point. So then, fast forward... The 90-plus fifth minute, a ball is shot, and I can't remember who shoots it. Maybe it was Juan Pablo Caffa. Ball gets deflected out to the top of the box. It's shot. Goes in the net. I try not to wake the baby. I get excited. Oh, my God, we just scored. We just tied the game. No. Offsides. Offsides was called. I didn't see the replay, or I saw the replay, and uh, Mike Watts and uh, um, he said, "Hey, this you know on the on the on the call." He said, "Hey, yeah, it looks like uh, there was a guy offsides, and and I uh, was so I'm taking it upon faith that he was right, that that it was a offsides call, and that would be the way the match would end. Four three in the call, four three with the game." going to Phoenix, and then a few minutes after the match ended, Orange County puts in two goals. So that means Orange County qualify, or Orange County is still in the hunt. Okay? Orange County is still in the hunt because the results that, that were supposed to go against Tulsa did indeed go against Tulsa. So, um, yeah, tough, tough night. Tough, tough night for the Tulsa Roughnecks, who are now three points ahead of Orange County, tied with Oklahoma City Energy. And we have a match this weekend. Big match with Seattle Sounders, too. Uh, this, if I had, you know, uh, the, you know, we've been kind of playoff push, playoff hashtag playoff push or whatever of the four matches that, you know, Tulsa had to win to, to get in. Okay. So the four matches, there was San Antonio, Phoenix, Sounders two and Colorado Springs. Now, granted we've beaten Colorado, Colorado Springs in the past, First match of the season. That seems like a long, long time ago. Of the matches, I felt that Tulsa needed that had the best chance of winning. Is this match coming up on Saturday at One Oak Field, seven o'clock kick against Sounders Two, team that we've beaten before. 
a team that they're no longer in a playoff hunt. Sounders, you know, the mother team will have players going to the national team. Okay. I'm not anticipating a huge, you know, dump of Seattle Sounders players coming over to Sounders 2 to make a trip to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I just don't see that happening. I could be wrong, but logistically, I think it would be they're not in a playoff hunt. They're not in a situation that they have to win the match in Tulsa, a middle of a road trip. I, I mean, I, maybe they dump a couple of players, but I don't see that happening. Maybe I'm wrong. I just don't see that happening. But as it stands, Tulsa Roughnecks, the best, most favorable match of this whole series that we've been waiting for the win and end situation, okay, is this match on Saturday. It's got to happen on Saturday. That's all there is to it. You get into a situation and you, and you don't win, get the win on Saturday. You know, you, you, you have – you keep Colorado Springs in this thing. They get takes care of business. You keep Orange County in this thing till the last match of the season. They're gaining momentum on you, and you're not. You're backing up. You're backing up, I think, would be a bad – situation to give up the game this Saturday just calling it like it is you have to win on Saturday you do not want this to go till next weekend to where you don't know if you're qualified yet it's got to end Saturday bar none get the win this is a favorable opponent uh you know Sounders too you know this is a team we've had success with here in Tulsa on the road, we've had success against them. Um, you know, it's they're coming off of a one nil loss to uh, to the Phoenix Rising, the last match of them of the, that they've played, and just thumbing through. I mean, they've you know we we beat them on let's see let's see it was August thirtieth on Wednesday, August thirtieth in Seattle, one nil. Uh, last time that match was played. This, this season. So you have, you just, I mean, just distributive property. You're playing them at home now. This is a match that, yeah, this is a winnable, winnable match. So that's really all there is to it. You know, they've, they're a team, like I said, they're not, they're not in the playoffs. They're not making the playoffs been eliminated from contention. You know, there for a while they were kind of hanging around the playoff contention line, and then they just kept dropping matches, dropping matches. Lost uh, three of their last five. Okay. Uh, you know, it's a team currently in 12th place. You know, kind of limping in into the season here for the Sounders. It's kind of interesting just looking at the last five teams in this league and it's Rio Grande, Sounders 2, LA 2, Vancouver 2, Timbers 2. Which I believe today was announced that Whitecaps 2 is going away. Lots of uh, announcements with uh, Division 2 sanctioning and what that's going to look like. And hopefully we can get somebody on here next couple of weeks and talk a little bit about that. There's just so much to talk about right now, just soccer-wise, that I haven't even gotten to the logistics and all this Division Two sanction, USSF, NASL. I haven't even had a chance to even get into that because we've had so much other stuff going on. We will have time. We'll take time to talk about that here in the next couple of weeks. I promise. But anyway, sidetrack. 
this weekend. Sounders 2 playing. And then I believe we have Colorado Springs switchbacks going up against. Let's see. I have a, there's another match this weekend that's very important. Let's take a look at it. I have to click on it because I think it was Colorado Springs and Sacramento, if I'm not mistaken, that we have to kind of keep an eye on. I believe that that's right. We'll see if I'm right. Yeah, so that's right. So switchbacks home against Sacramento Republic, which is all sorts of implications for Tulsa Roughnecks. If if Sacramento keeps dropping matches, Tulsa would get this match here, and then we win next week. Actually, if uh, Sacramento drops at Colorado Springs, we win on uh, Saturday. We will jump. We being Tulsa will jump Sacramento in the playoffs. Uh, see some other matches you need to pay attention to. Uh, San Antonio is playing Tampa Bay Rowdies. That's important to just kind of jockeying for position between second, third, and fourth. As I said last week, there's a big tie right there. Monarchs playing Whitecaps too. I think that the White, the Monarchs will probably get that win. And then Orange County hosting Reno 1868 FC. And that will be... Uh, be a very great interest for the Roughnecks. If Orange County cannot get that win, they will be eliminated from playoffs. They must win. They must win that match or draw and Tulsa lose. Stay in contention. And then LA Galaxy 2 hosting Timbers 2. No one cares. Phoenix Rising hosting Rio Grande Valley. I think uh, Phoenix probably should get that. And then on Sunday, Energy hosting Swelt Park Rangers, a match we need to pay attention to because Oklahoma City is currently tied with Tulsa in the standings. Lots of action coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, my goodness, we have – I can't even get in next week's matches yet because it hasn't got here. We have so much that's going to happen now that, well, quite frankly, we just have to – we just uh, – we just got to take it one week at a time at this point. Okay, cool. I'm excited about this weekend. I think we will have, hopefully, Tulsa fans will be celebrating this weekend. I I, I just I feel like that that's going to be the result that Tulsa is going to get. Um, I'll be there. I'll be there. Come by, say hi. Sitting in the sports section because that's the best place to sit. We can come chat it up, talk soccer, all that good stuff. Yes, I'm excited about it. Anyway, uh, I hope to see you guys out here locally. And also, in speaking of big matches this week, so the little appetizer will be on Friday when the men's national team in Orlando play host to Panama national team in a crucial, crucial CONCACAF qualification. This is the last uh, qualification um, match days until you either figure out if you're going to the playoffs to go play either Syria or Australia in a two-match game or a two-match playoff or qualify at third place and be home free or get in fifth place and be watching the World Cup from the comfort of your home, United States. And to break it all down, I have no other than Ephraim Alajaji, AO Tulsa president, come on and talk shop about the United States men's national team.
All right, folks, we have a great guest on the alley. It's the first time we've had a guest in quite a while, so uh, we've got to make it a good one, right, Ephraim? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think you're getting the best right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is Ephraim Elajaji. He is the uh, president of the American Outlaws chapter of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we have him on to talk a little bit of men's national team. We have some huge, huge, huge matches this week. Uh, first one on Friday night uh, versus Panama, and then a match on Tuesday at Trinidad and Tobago. A lot riding on these next two matches. A huge log jam. Basically, every team, uh, you know, Mexico's already solidified qualification, but every team from from Costa Rica all the way down to Trinidad, Tobago has a chance to make some moves this weekend as this is the last match day of the CONCACAF hexagonal qualification. Ephraim, man, it's, is it going to just be a wild next couple of uh, few days here? Yeah, you know, it's crazy. I can't think of a qualifying experience for the U.S., at least in my lifetime, that has been uh, this tight going into the final weekend. You know, four years ago, USA locked up uh, three or four games in hand. Mm -hmm. So they qualified back in, uh, you know, the summer break. And, you know, we're celebrating and singing we are going to Brazil. And now here we are, game tomorrow, uh, game on Tuesday with Trinidad Tobago. And we don't know where we're finishing. And that's uh, it's and it's a uh, yeah you can say it's exciting but it's actually it's, it's also really uh, frightening in a way. Yeah, it can you we could be either in third place, you know, home free, or in fourth place mm -hmm. going against uh, you know either I believe it's Jordan or uh, Syria. No, it's uh, Australia it's or Syria. Syria or Australia. Yeah. yeah, and that's a two leg match, so you're either going all the way over there, another time zone, crazy mm -hmm. time zone, or and then having to come back a few days later and come back to the United States and play. Or you could be in fifth place and you're sitting watching the World Cup at home, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it's funny. People think uh, CONCACAF is this, you know, they look at the teams and they say, you know, Honduras, Costa Rica, you know, we're not Europe. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I want to see some of these European teams come in and what do they like to say? They say a cold night in Stoke. Well, I want to see them do it on a hot, muggy day in, in Costa Rica. Oh, and sure. going on the road in Cap is not an easy task. I'm not making excuses for uh, – we've definitely had our problems, but Cap is not the easy task it, it people assume it is. Right, and then something that a lot of folks may not think about, your best players play in Europe, a lot of these teams, you know, Mexico, United States, Costa Rica even, and then they have to make these trips back to the homeland – play these qualification matches like you said at costa rica said so, you know you're going to uh you know honduras or ha you know having to make these trips to panama city or or mexico city at six thousand feet elevation with a bunch of haze mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's that is tough you're right and a lot of folks just kind of oh whatever and i i i don't i don't, I don't think it's as easy as people think no no and you hear you hear horror stories about um the quality of the pitch, the treatment of the players in hotels. Mm -hmm. and But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we got to go out and do it on the field. We did it four years ago. We've done it eight years ago. You know, we can talk about why we're struggling now. But um, it's just sometimes I think we take for granted our generation, especially mm -hmm. because we didn't live in the generation of soccer, United States soccer, where we were absent from World Cups. We were absent mm -hmm. from international competition. And, uh, and even if when we were there, we weren't competitive. Sure. Now we're used to making the World Cup, so this is um, tough territory for us. 
Yeah, it'd almost be like 1994 when England didn't make the World Cup. You know, it's it's of that. It feels like it's uh, people would, I think, be ready to fire everybody, right? That would be. I mean, we'd have the clean house. Yeah, no question. Well, let's talk about the God, first. God well, I know you're an AO Tulsa president there, and uh, and have a lot going on, and we'll kind of get into the big watch parties and all that here in just a little bit, but. Just on the field, what do you take of this first match? And well, let me ask you before we talk about the first matches. What do you think about the the, the, the players that got called up? Uh, do you, are you does that list make you excited, or is it? I, I don't know. Is there someone that particular that needs to really make a statement in this uh, next couple of matches? I think you know it's really hard to say excitement right now when it comes mm-hmm. to the United States women's national team. Um, really, it revolves around one player, and that's Pulisic, mm-hmm. in terms of excitement. Um, yeah, you look at this roster, and what what really, in terms of changes we've seen since Jurgen's departure and firing and the, uh, the return of Bruce, you know, we're seeing the same players called up, and mm-hmm. you're not seeing this innovation or anything change. I mean, we're still seeing Chris Wondolowski, and I love Wondolowski for everything he's done for the national team. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry, there's, a, there's no reason he should still be in there. And, um, you know... And then I'm, you know, there's those other players that I'm happy Benny Failhopper is getting another chance uh, here and there. But, you know, when you look at this lineup, it's, um, I don't think it's anything to get overly excited about. We're missing Fabian Johnson, who he hasn't had the best start of the season this year, but he can be arguably one of the best American players right now in the world. Mm-hmm. And he didn't get the call up. So that's a little uh, head scratching there. And then, of course, if you talk about who needs to, who needs to do something in these? I think you're looking at Orozco, Tim Ream, Villafania, these people who we keep switching in, in defense and left back uh, mm-hmm. were completely absent there. We haven't finalized who's going to be on that right now. And and honestly, none of them have stood out in a good way. And yet they keep getting called back in, which is which just shows you the depth of the national team right now in that position. Um, it's kind of tough. And then you look at the forwards, you know, Josie and Bobby, uh, you always want to see their chemistry grow, but they haven't gotten to play together as much. Right. And I really hope we see them start uh, against Panama together. And I hope we see them start against Trinidad because if we're going to have offensive success, I think we need to have a good combination of Josie Altador and Bobby Wood. Love Clint Dempsey mm-hmm. to death, but I think his time to come off the benches now and be a super sub in the 65th minute. Yeah, and something that I was talking just a couple of guys the other day and just throwing around ideas of how to make this team better. What do you think about putting Pulsich up at top and then have someone speedy come off the edge like uh, a Dempsey or maybe uh, a Bobby Wood? What do you think? I know he'd be playing out of position a little bit, but do you think that that might be a good gamble at this point? It, it, I, I understand the gamble. It goes into the conversation. Mm-hmm. And this was a big debate with uh, with Jurgen as head coach. Do you get your most talented 11 players on the field and find a place for them? Sure. Or do you put your most talented player in their best position? Yeah. Because that question uh, would always come with Fabian Johnson because he's a speedy guy. But we would always put him at left back. Mm-hmm. And he would, he would counterattack all the way up top with that speed. But his position in Germany is a left wing. Sure. But Jurgen chose we didn't need him at left wing. We needed to have a left back, and it was out of position, and there was a lot of criticism about that. You know, do we put Pulisic up top because he's our best player right now, or do we put him in the position where he thrives in Dortmund? And 
Right now, I think we need to get as close as we can to what we're going to do in Russia, knock on wood. Mm -hmm. And I think up top right now, we have to develop Josie and Bobby. I'm okay with playing Pulisic. If we play a 4-4-2, maybe a diamond in the middle, having Pulisic be more of the attacking mid, Mm -hmm. center mid, and uh, and Bradley playing the defensive mid position. Because in terms of um, a, a player who's creative, uh, you know, that's Pulisic. It's not Bradley as much as uh, Bradley's a workhorse. Don't get sure. me wrong, but uh, he's not the guy you're going to want to be pushing up the ball. And Pulisic, you've got to give him that freedom to move and uh, do what he does best, and that's be creative and find the open open goal or open player. Right. And then you've got to look at Nagby, who's a creative player. Mm-hmm. And, and right now, I think without Fabian in there, you've got to look at Bedoya. And I think those are your starting midfielders. Mm-hmm. Uh but, but to your point, you know, it's a hard question to ask. Do we put Pulisic up top because he can score goals or do we put him where he's best? And I think you're going to get a different answer from different experts, different sure. fans, uh, different coaches. And it's, it's a tough one, but I got to go with put the best players on the field and um, find a position for them and let's make it work. It's international soccer. Sure. We don't get that much time with these players, you know, right. th- twice uh, you know, two weeks out of every couple months. And um, you've got to put your best players on there to win the game. Right. And you will need to be, uh, I know it sounds crazy, we go down to Panama, get the draw there in Panama City. I thought we really squandered an opportunity on the road against this this Panam- Panamanian team that's coming into town. Uh, well, not really into town, but coming to, coming to somebody's town in Orlando uh, on Friday, which will be tomorrow. Uh, boy, what we need three points here, right? That's that's that's. I it. mean, there's no doubt. I think Paul Carr of ESPN put we win tomorrow. We're 93 percent uh, qualified. Mm-hmm. We tie. We drop down to 80 percent, and we lose. We're down to 40 something percent. I mean, a win. I mean, a win on home soil. It's our last home game of qualifying. Mm-hmm. And it's not just that we need to win to qualify. We need to win to get some of our mojo back. Like, what kind of soccer nation are we right now are we a team that just wants to qualify or are we a team that says you're on our home field we're going to beat you you know are we going to attack tomorrow and i haven't seen a lot of attacking uh football out of um this team in this whole qualifying process under Irrigan or under bruce Mm -hmm. and it seems like we're kind of going through the motions and i don't want to just see us qualify by tying the next two games of course, I want to qualify, but sure. what kind of team are we going to be going into Russia? Like I said, we only have so many games before Russia, even if we make it, so many friendlies. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to start playing the way we uh, want to be. We want to be in Russia. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to just kind of back into it, right? And and I, I see your point. You know, if you win the next match and then go to Port of Spain on on Tuesday take care of business like you're supposed to against a team Trinidad Tobago that, you know, on paper shouldn't have any problems with, but it is, uh, it is on the road. Like you said, it's CONCACAF, weird things happen. You get some weird, you know, refereeing, whatever it is. But this is, I'm just looking at this on paper and thinking this should be six points. And I think if we get less than six points and, uh, you know, I don't care. I think, I think it's not exactly maybe four points. Maybe get the draw on the road and it, you get a qualification. But I, I'm with you. I think you have to make a statement here. You have to. Uh, you need to score a bunch of goals on on Friday tomorrow. I think you know make it make it like Honduras. Make make it six nil. Uh, I know that's exactly. like a pipe dream, but really, 
come out, play pissed off, and then take that on the road and and take care of business and let's let's be done with this, right? I don't want to have to go to to the you know to Australia or or whatever for the get third. I think I think anything yeah, get, less than get it over with. Get it over exactly. with. I mean, obviously that's what everybody wants to do. It's easier said than done, but. Uh, let me ask you it this. Is, but we need to. What oh, kind sure. Of, like I said, what kind of country are we? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we haven't won on the road once. I mean, I know Trinidad and Tobago is at the bottom of the table, but sure. if we really qualify and we didn't win on the road once at Trinidad, at Honduras, Panama, Costa Rica, Mexico, I mean, you know, good. We got a tie in Mexico City. That's always that's always great. I get sure. it. But what have we shown on the road? We're going to fly halfway around the world to Russia, and we're supposed to compete with these teams coming mm-hmm. from Europe. That's that's not a big trip for them, you know. If we can't even fly to Central America and get a result, you know, I don't feel good about it. So we need to attack Panama at home, and we need to attack Trinidad away. And don't forget, four years ago, in the second to last game, USA had already qualified for the World Cup in Brazil, mm-hmm. and Panama was sitting in fourth place, and oh, yeah. we were in Panama, and we scored in the 89th minute and 92nd minute to uh, prevent Panama from making their first ever World Cup. First mm-hmm. ever World Cup. You don't think that's on their minds today, uh, sure. tomorrow? Sure. You don't think after what we did four years ago, spoiling what should have been the happiest moment in their country, uh, you know, they want to come in and spoil us because we lose tomorrow. I mean, I, you know, it's just it's, it's going to be in our head. I'm not saying we can't handle Trinidad and get the sure. win, but mentality-wise, it's going to be terrible. And, Panama has something to prove. They're sitting a point above us on the table right now, and and you know they remember what it felt like four years ago. Yeah, and any team's going to get up for the United States. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's you know it's the big team and the it's the big fish in the pond, so to speak. And you know I I, I think people just think oh it's just going to be a win here, but yeah they're not going to make it easy. That is for sure. And uh, I think yeah I think Panama would be happy with a draw tomorrow, so we may see them play back. You know, maybe put one guy up forward and, you know, uh, Baz, Baz Perez, is he still on that team? Uh, former, uh, I'm not sure if he's going to be on the team tomorrow. I, I haven't researched Panama, to be honest. But uh, yeah, but they yeah. always, seems like they always have some forward up there that's always kind of, you know, they'll play everybody back and try to go long ball and see if you can catch the United States sleeping. Um, you know, and actually, yeah, I, I was, I think, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think you're right, Zachary. So we're going to see a, Park the bus mentality from Panama Sure. tomorrow with one guy up, and they're going to counter. And you know what's scary about that is that should tell us that we're going to have 80% possession and a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. We've given up a ton of counterattacking goals. Yes, uh, yes. This qualifying process where our defensive backs have just been caught out of position. And, you mm-hmm. know, we can talk about Tim Ream, and we can even talk about Jeff Cameron, who should be one of our best defenders, who had an awful couple last games for the United States. But, I mean, our defense has been out of position over and over. And the counterattack is always scary. Who, you know, people, if we're pressing so far forward, it takes one breakaway, that one goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's I, we've seen it before. I'm not trying to be – I feel like I'm being very pessimistic. I do have some optimism. Sure. Um, you know, we're, we're really focusing on the negative, and there is a lot. But I also think about four years ago where Mexico was in qualifying. And they mm-hmm. did finish short, and they did have the playoffs against New Zealand, Mm -hmm. and they ended up having a spectacular World Cup. I do not believe qualifying defines success in a World Cup. Um, You've seen it some of the European teams. England has gone on to sweep and qualifying so many times in a row. 
and then they crash and burn in the World Cup. Um, mm. And so, you know, there is optimism here. We do have talent on the field, but we got to see it. We got to see them put it together. Yep. It's time to put up or shut up. No question. There's no, I mean, Wednesday it's over and you'll know where you stand and it's, it's time. It's, it's whatever you got in the tank. Let's, you know, I feel like I'm giving them a prep talk, even though they're not listening to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure Graham Zuzi's uh, listening to this right now as we speak. Graham Zuzi is your biggest fan. I talk to him all the time. Oh, well, good. Well, thanks Graham. And you know, first name, last name situation going on with the host, but yes, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, we got a lot of soccer. We got, we have that roughnecks on Saturday and then Tuesday we have the uh, return leg Trinidad Tobago this is a great time. And, oh, yeah, college football is going on and NFL. I mean, my gosh, I don't even Best want Best time of year. Best time of year. It is. Best time of year. It's getting cooler outside. It's, I'm no longer sweating when I go out to just go to the mailbox. So this is, yeah, it's great, man. Love it. Less if you got the dad, dad bod, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> dad bod. Hey, man, I've been trying yeah. to, you know, trying, trying to work it, you know. But, yeah. No, it, will, I, it will feel really good, you know, if uh, – we get a USA qualified for World Cup. Yeah. Roughnecks qualify for the playoffs. Yes. That will be a, this will be a, it could be a very satisfying weekend. Yeah. I'm just sitting here thinking which of one of my sports teams is going to disappoint me this weekend. It's probably the Cowboys. Oh, Dallas Cowboys always disappoint me. Hey, if you have to choose between all the teams playing, you better choose the Cowboys out of the Roughnecks, USA, and OU. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I've never lived in Dallas, right? So <laughs> I've lived in all the other places. But uh, anyway, man, well, I, uh, Ephraim, I appreciate you coming on and, and chatting it up with me today. Uh, cut you loose here and uh, let you get back to your evening. But uh, thanks so much for joining us. And, man, we'll we'll have you on again sometime, all right? Maybe we'll, yeah, definitely, maybe, Roger. I appreciate it. Maybe we'll talk Thank about – Thank you for having me on. And if you're listening to this, come uh, watch the USA games at Empire if you're in Tulsa. And, uh, it's always a good time. And we'll cheer our guys qualify for the world cup in russia oh yes yes i meant to talk about thanks for uh, plugging that i well, i said y'all will come back to it and i never did which is uh, something i always do in the oh, podcast yeah, I always, never take down an opportunity to give a plug, <laughs> <Same> <laughs> plug. Absolutely. Okay, so absolutely well, i appreciate it man. hey have a good one buddy hey, you too. all right folks that is all we have time for tonight special thanks to Ephraim alajaji and for you folks for listening uh michael mitchell Handling all the air horns. Pew, 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 pew. That's my own air horn right there. Anyway, uh, special thanks, Mike Mitchell, uh, holding it down for me behind the scenes. And BGN.FM. Thank you so much for putting up with me. I appreciate it. Lots of great podcasts on BGN.FM. Check it out. Anyway, thanks, for your, thanks so much for uh, allowing me to be part of your day. Look forward to talking to you all here in a few days. God bless you. Have a good one.